Okay, let's see what's news today. Uh, the morning paper blues, huh? Oh, bad, bad, worse. Oh, wait. Uh-oh. No, good news. The General Assembly in Richmond is working on a law to help Dominion Energy customers. If it passes, it's going to lower the cost of electricity. Uh, let me see. Right here. Wow, you're right. It saves Dominion Energy customers at least $350 million. Is it law? Mm, not yet, but I sure hope it passes. Great. Now pass me the comics. Legislation being considered by the Virginia General Assembly strengthens regulatory oversight and saves customers at least $350 million. That means a savings of about 6 to $7 a month for the average residential user, according to the State Corporation Commission, the agency that regulates utilities in Virginia. It's common sense rate relief that helps us continue doing what we do best, meeting the needs of our customers. To take action, visit dominionenergy.com forward slash rate relief. Paid for by Dominion Energy. You are now listening to the Half a Bird Sports Show. Yo, welcome to the Half a Bird Sports Show. You have so many options for high flying entertainment, yet you chose to ride with us, and we appreciate that. Your host, Jimmy, along with myself, Jay, bringing you the sports opinions you need to adopt immediately. So check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. So, hey, Jimmy, tell me what's on today's school lunch, man. You, Half a Bird Sports Show, we about to bake it up. Ain't no games to talk about, so we gonna make it up. Giannis Gotti is in line, about to rake it up. Adam Silver here. Here's the ghost you need to give it up. Is the Super Bowl champ about to be the Bucks, Or like my Niners, are their dreams about to get crushed? Cam and Jameis want a starting job? Good luck. They thought the half a bird stall, but then we popped the clutch. Mwaka! That's how we do it here on the show. Shout out to the Clips. Yo, shout out. Appreciate you guys joining us as usual here on the Half Bird Sports Show. Myself and Jimmy. What's up? Doing what we do best, talking out the sides of our neck. Loaded show as we're going to make it up as Jimmy made mention of it. We're going to talk. <laughs> All of it's made up. <laughs> we're going to talk a lot of news, a lot of Brady. I don't want to talk a lot about a lot of Brady, a lot of Bucks, even some Kobe in there. We got Brady, Brady, and Brady. So, uh, and a little Seamus and Cam. Yes. Jimmy, how was your week off? Oh, uh, it was it was horrible. Spent ninety eight percent of it isolating. So um, sorry to hear that. Kind of don't want to talk about it. I, I what I'd rather talk about is, uh, do you like my shirt? I hate your shirt, actually. <laughs> Why do you hate my shirt? Because I- it's obvious your shirt is a troll job, <laughs> no, and you do this to me no, every not. single time it comes to the circumstances of the conversation okay. we're about to have. I am wearing. All right, I'm wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers shirt. Jimmy is not a Tampa okay. Bay Buccaneers fan. A shirt that I bought. Maybe what four years ago? While six. at the same time, six years. While at the same time, buying you a Buccaneers fan. He as did well. give me a creamsicle shirt. A creamsicle shirt because so. he wanted to celebrate the flying Mike Glennons. I did. I did the flying Mike Glennons. That was like, that was remember of, that? that was He's a lot of for us. called them the flying Mike Glennons. Fighting, flying tomato, tomato for guys to be gazy. Yeah, I did. Flying. I did that. Yeah. But no, so I'm wearing my Tampa Bay Buccaneers shirt because this is going to be a Buccaneers heavy show in a sense because of the obvious news that everybody knows about. But yep. I am an honorary Buccaneers fan. He. <laughs> I'm done. Would I wear this shirt if I wasn't a Buccaneers fan? Yes, you would. Just to troll me. You do it all the time. This is not. A, this is solidarity. This ain't a troll job. Let's move forward. <laughs> okay. It's All good, right. Good to see you, though. It's good. Great to see you as well. I'm glad to see you're in good health. Yeah. For now. For now. For now. I actually watched that yesterday too. Rises. You yes. watched Rises. Just so yeah. I can just so I can quote Bang. I was for thinking like an about that the other day. I can't remember why I was thinking about Rises. Now I couldn't finish it. I only wanted to quote Bang for a while, which was a good time. <laughs> yeah. um, but no. Speaking of, you know, like pandemics and the world coming to an end type yeah, scenarios, basically much. what Bain was predicting mm-hmm. on rises. Um, the NBA is in a circumstance right now where they're trying to decide, is their world going to end? Well, their season going to end this year. Uh, the last thing that we've seen that hit the news wire is uh, Adam Silver mentioning that there's a potential chance that there could be a three month hiatus before they can actually participate in uh, the games, which will make the schedule sometime in late June, July, mm-hmm. with the finals being early August, season ending, taking a break, and potentially starting the next season in like December, mm-hmm. which is really odd based upon the way 
the timeline is going because we have no clue how long it's going to be before we are actually allowed to go into these streets because i mean it looks like state by state by state is going into the lockdown and i don't want to make this too much about the pandemic too much conversation around the cooties or whatnot my point behind this is is the nba is now really in a conundrum and they're in a very vital time that they need to make some important decisions now they they push things out we're waiting to see what's going to happen but as of right now we are in a holding period that i don't know what's going to happen so jimmy going to ask you this question what is your thoughts on the nba canceling the season now or should they wait it out and try to bring it in the summer well the easy business decision and i want to get this out of way out of the way initially is um is no don't cancel the season because uh for obvious reasons in the nba that affects your business that affects your bottom line that affects sponsorships etc so no you don't now now that i've gotten that out the way yes absolutely they should cancel their season because Part of what would happen with this season if after three months or four months uh, they decide to continue the season is basically it would be an asterisk season, but not mm-hmm. in the sense of what we're accustomed to. Because you think back to the 99 season where the Spurs won the championship. Yep. They, because of the lockout, didn't play the first, what, 28 to 30 games? Something like that. Finished with 50 games, went into the playoffs, and the Spurs beat the Knicks. I think they swept them, right? They not that it did. Matters, but yeah. They did. But, yeah. but that's no different than 2012 when they started on Christmas Day and the the Heat won. The Heatles won the championship. Why did they start on Christmas Day in 2012? I don't remember Lockout. That. Same thing? Same thing. There's another okay. lockout. It yeah. was the CBA. Okay. They, they extended the CBA conversations, and it, I think it mm-hmm. bled into like August, like September. Yeah. And then for them to finalize everything, they couldn't start the season until December Christmas Day. Okay, so yeah, so it's one thing to miss a slew of games in the beginning, but it's another thing to miss a slew of games right in the middle of the season. Dead smack in the middle, too. And then after three or four months, expect your players to come back and present the type of NBA product that we're accustomed to. They can't do that. They're not going to be able to do that because let's say it takes three months before they can play games in an empty arena or whatever. It's going to take you one month to get in the shape because I'm sorry, like the rest of us, they're getting out of shape. They're not not home, you know, working out, playing basketball eight hours a day like LeBron James. Most of the league is not built that way. They're not going to do that. They're not so dedicated then, that much. Yeah. So you have one month just to get in decent human shape, athlete shape, and then it's going to take you another two to three weeks, maybe even longer, to get into basketball shape, yep. which is different than just being in shape. Yeah. So you add that to your product, you're going to see some bad basketball. You're going to see players getting hurt, especially veteran players who aren't used to this. I mean, this is unprecedented, so nobody is used to it, and that would affect your product. And even at the end of the season, if we had a champion, which they would if they play out the rest of the season, is it really a true champion? Can we truly say, for whoever wins the championship, that they are true champions given what happened at the end of this season and how it's basically compromised the authenticity of providing us a true champion in the NBA? I don't think they can do that. So for those reasons and others that I haven't even mentioned, I say cancel the season right now. Look forward to next year, hopefully. I disagree. I think they should go ahead and and hold out and try to end the season and like sh- give them like three weeks to to ramp up, and then actually not even three weeks. Give them two weeks to ramp up, go straight into the playoffs. Your East is already set. There's no way that Washington's going to make it to the eighth seed. So Orlando is going to keep that spot. We're mm-hmm. good. The West is really the only ones with the problem, but it's really the Pelicans that are trying to fight for Memphis's spot being, what, four games behind. But I don't think that they're going to be able to do enough to take – I actually think it's more than that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be able to take that spot. So if that's the case, Jimmy, what's the point of not just going straight into the playoffs? Because it is going to take a lot longer than two weeks. Well, for one, it's going to take a lot longer than two weeks to get into NBA product basketball shape. Kind of as I mentioned, so I think that compromises your product. And two, let's not even think about completing this season, whether you start in June, July, whatever it is. What about next season? Now, I got something for next season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have to start. You have to start your season later on yes. and miss some games. You know what the best thing they could possibly do? Start in December or January. Do the same thing they did in 2012. Start on Christmas Day. <laughs> that was the greatest gift to basketball fans mm-hmm. ever given. Because Christmas Day is the basketball day. That's the day that we watch NBA. This year, when is Christmas on? A Friday. Mm-hmm. So, a slew of games on Friday to start the season off. Oh, that would be great. Because, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of advocates for shorting the NBA season have all said the best time to start the NBA season is Christmas Day and end it in April like you've been doing. Cut the season down to about 50, about 66 games. Get rid of the 82. That'll help with load management. It'll minimize a lot of the back-to-backs. And at the same time, it'll get them in the right shape in preparation for the playoffs. Okay, so, I mean, so if they don't get bailed out, 
to the level that they need to, doesn't that compromise your bottom line? If you're going to miss all of that by starting in December, when you technically don't have to because there isn't anything like a lockout holding you out of starting in December. Well, it can and it also can't. This is the reason why. Yeah. The problem the NBA has is they have too many to have too much product. You get what I mean when I say that? There's mm. too many games. There's mm. too much product. There's too many opportunities to watch these games. When you shorten up how much product is available, especially something that's in demand, you get mm. more eyeballs. You get more fan view. You get people tune in more. They, they want to see these games because they're going to be deprived of it. To be honest, during this situation, it, based upon how long it takes for this this um, this this band of sports, basically, mm. and, and, and social gatherings um, drags on, the moment that goes out, there's two sports that's going to benefit the most from it immediately. MLS, MLB. Because they're going to be the first amount of sports we're going to get. Right. And everybody and mama going to find a way to either watch it or be at one of those games. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a big beneficial thing because it's going to be the natural gravitation to the one thing that we miss the most, which is sports. The one thing that was taken from us, which is sports. Now, from that, if the NBA is able to go ahead and play December 25th and start it on Christmas Day and make that basically the NBA holiday, which it mm-hmm. already is, it's going to do nothing but just grow. The ratings are going to go through the roof because everybody misses basketball. They've been waiting for basketball. And the little bit we get in these playoffs, which you would be considered a quote-unquote asterisk, just like the 2012 championship and the 99 championship, would be asterisks because they're short and seasoned. The next one won't be won't feel that way. It will be more exciting. We will we will be more we will be more engaged in it in comparison. And then at the same time, it gives us football focus from August all the way up until December, mm-hmm. especially college football. Yeah, no, you know, and I like that idea. I like that in terms of how it would impact ratings if you did start on Christmas Day on a Friday, and how that would sort of fit into the collection of the other sports. But I will tell you this too as well. Another reason why they should consider just canceling the season right now. And again, you know, I'm technically in the medical field but in terms of having exact knowledge about this i don't really think anybody has the knowledge of what i'm about to say in the sense of do we even know if if this pandemic is going to be over in three months yeah that's the thing is we don't know we don't know if it's gonna be done in three months we don't know if it's gonna be done by the end of the year because technically if there is any shred of this virus still out there in any country no matter where it is then technically everyone is still at risk right because it only takes one to affect one then you have two two to infect four etc then we're right back where we started exactly i can't be in this house another week Straight by myself. <laughs> Can't do it. I, I think the biggest piece behind when, when it comes to that portion of it is the question is, is within three months, will we have some medication to help alleviate a lot of the, the severe symptoms? Right. That's what they said, right? Like they said, That's e- the even if they were to have a test that passes clinically clinical trials and it's FDA approved, it can still take a year to a year and a half. Well, right? that's the vaccine. Now, there's a difference between vaccines and the medications to help oh, with the saying. symptoms. Like the to, vaccine to okay. only helps saying. your body prevent you from actually catching the worst of the symptoms. The medication can help alleviate the symptoms uh-huh. and help you get over it faster. That's what we're pushing for today. We're pushing for the medication okay. that will get us past the symptoms. Yeah. That way, if you do catch it, the world ain't going to come to an end, just like the flu. Right. Now, in comparison, the vaccine, when it comes around a year and a half from now, then we'll be pre- better prepared to where a lot less people will catch it just like the flu is today mm-hmm. so outside of the medical conversation yeah i don't know in three months if we're gonna get all of that mm-hmm. i hope we do because I, your boy wants some nba <laughs> basketball i was really hoping lebron was able to get the lakers at championship this time yes just so i can celebrate as a, a hater and just like hate on the mm-hmm. entire time that he gets it but at the same time be excited because of the you know the laker piece and blah 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 mm-hmm. i don't know I don't know if the NBA is going to be able to. So I, I like that they're holding out, but you're probably right. Their best bet is just go ahead, cut ties, call it a season, and say we'll figure this bad boy out next year. Mm-hmm. Or have like a tournament over the summer. Now that would be fun. <laughs> because now, you, I mean, you saw, uh, I'm not even sure, you might mention this in news, so I probably don't need to be talking about the IOC. Uh no, I'm gonna leave that out only because they finally came to their decision today. Yeah, right. So which actually, which to me says something that. In a sense, the spirit of them. Well, you talk about it. Go ahead. Well, so yeah, the IOC has already announced that the Olympics are be po- will be postponed to 2021. Mm-hmm. So, no Olympics, meaning because all basically what happened was is all the countries said they weren't sending their players there. Yeah, Can- their Canada was like the Kansas of the Olympics, right? <laughs> yep. They said no, we're not going. And then Duke follows, and then and okay, everybody up. Okay, nobody's and coming. Once everybody, all the big, yeah, all the big countries said they weren't going. They took their balls and went home. And IOC said, all right, we'll postpone it to next year because. Uh-huh. Think about it. The biggest problem I ran into with the IOC and the Olympic situation is 
basketball. If the NBA's on pause, we all know the Spanish teams in pause, Australia, all of these leagues are on pause. When they, if they decide to come back and then the Olympics are around the corner, nobody was sending basketball players. Absolutely. Right. That, that hurts to me, the IOC, because I think basketball is the most watched sport in the Olympics. Outside of like the gymnastics and it's stuff, that's probably into. like like swimming, like I said, swimming, gymnastics, basketball. basketball. I think those are the big three. If anything, mm-hmm. I, I I will I will wage my life that those are the big three <laughs> in the Olympics uh-huh. because those are really the big three only three I watch. Now I watch a little bit of curling too, which is always interesting <laughs> because in, in, in the curling. winter because watch them. <laughs> but still, those are the big ones. So I'm I'm I don't since there we won't have basketball. That really hurts what they're doing because the NBA players aren't going to leave. It's not like hockey where hockey suspends their season. So their players can participate in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. It's completely different animals. So yeah, yeah they're, do- they're doing the right thing again. You know, they, for the time being, they're going to suspend the, suspend the Olympics until next season, 2021, next year, 2021, and then still plan to hold what would have been sort of the annual fourth year Olympics, right. 2024. So it'll still be on schedule. Yeah. So it'll be, right sort of, since it'll be, we have to wait five years, but then it'll only be three years in between Olympics for us. And I think they're making the right decision. I agree. I agree with that. So, okay. Transitioning over into the next portion. Yeah, we're doing yeah. things a little bit different this time. Yeah. We'll Go do, ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, we'll do news later. Yeah. And um, listening to your solo show, uh, I, I did enjoy your solo show. It was a very laid back and relaxed show. And I was obviously on pins and needles wondering what your opinion was of our team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't even I say it with you. a straight face. You, I know, because you're lying. <laughs> you never met Dr. Martin Luther the King. <laughs> no, yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, no he, he did, did not. not. So, Always. All right, so your Bucks, you know, get the, the greatest of all time, as many people say, Tom Brady, to be their starting quarterback. What, two-year contract, $50 million, up to $60 million, uh total with incentives. So he's going to be their starting quarterback for the next two years, ages 43 and 44. And you did not express the elation that most other fan bases would have if Tom Brady came to be their quarterback. Maybe a few wouldn't. The Ravens fans, they're happy with what they got, as are the Chiefs fans and a few other teams. So in talking about your concerns with Tom Brady, one of the things you said – well, okay, one thing I didn't understand. You said you enjoyed the Bucks sucking. That was – I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Is that just because I'm a real fan? <laughs> I was a Bucks fan in the '90s. Right, we oh. sucked. Oh, but I enjoyed them. I still enjoyed the Bucks. Yeah, there is a Eric Rent. I loved it. You know, we there's, had there's work like a certain done. Pride and integrity that goes along. Hardy Nickerson, yes, yeah, with growing, with, with supporting a team that doesn't do very well. Yes, and then you know, obviously they pop 2002. That's probably one of the best defenses I've ever seen in my life in 2002. Yes, between them and the Ravens, in which that's that's when I, I became a Ravens fan in 2000 yeah. because yeah. of their defense. That and Bucks defense was that Tampa too was scary. Was I mean Derek? I mean Dexter Jackson. I mean. Oh, John Lynch. How did they not win two more Super Bowls with that um, defense? The, the defense started to get broken up. Yeah? Yeah. God, they were so good. So anyway. Well, on my bad, our head coach was John Gruden. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Can't trust that guy. All right. So then you mentioned as a, as a, uh, with Tom Brady that he can't throw very far, and your primary receivers and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they're blazers. They used to oh, go Oh, yeah, the they're field. burners. Okay, so you have that issue with Brady. Uh, you said he gets rid of the ball too quick, which doesn't complement the skill set of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And uh, you said he'll end up having to throw too much because the same thing, the same problem that plagued the team last year, no run game, is going to plague him again this year. So those were your concerns, reasonable concerns. I would add to that, if I will, that his numbers were were down probably at, in some metrics, an all-time career low for Brady last year as far as completion percentage, several other metrics. He's trending down, which you would expect of someone who's in their 40s. So you have that. He turns 43 in August. And him... Now, this part kind of depends. Going to a new team, you would ex- you would expect, okay, it's going to be a new system. But if they decide to make Brady the system, then that curve will be much shorter because it'll be his offense, but it'll affect everybody else around him. So then they will suffer in terms of the usual learning curve that yep. people have in terms of adjusting to a new a new system. But he is the greatest of all time, so maybe his curve of getting them on the same page with him will be a lot shorter than, say, some other quarterback, no matter who it is, Aaron Rodgers or Kyle Allen, whoever it is, Kyle Allen. So <laughs> I understand those concerns. Do you have any other concerns to add to that? Or what concerns you the most about Brady being the quarterback of the Bucs? Honestly, the biggest thing about – to the and I mentioned it on the solo show, the biggest things that threw me off, that, 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 that scared me the most about Tom Brady being our quarterback is his age, is the fact that he's not going to get the ball to Mike Evans and 
Chris Godwin the way that we need to get him to him. Now, if Brady can prove that he can throw deep in the warm weather down there, especially out of that community. Now, look, it's great to play in the warmth. Mm-hmm. The good thing for him is he will play in warm weather for 12 of his – well, either warm weather or in a dome for 12 of their uh, 16 games, mm-hmm. uh, which you have the eight home games, the Saints, Falcons, mm-hmm. um, and then I think they play in L.A. Mm-hmm. against the Rams, I believe, or the Chargers, one of the two. And um, there was one other one where it's going to be warm weather. So he'll have 12 of 16 games in the warmth, but that's not – I don't know how he's going to react to the humidity portion because Tampa's humid. Yeah, it is. Florida is humid. Like, it feels – it's like you feel wet at all times. (laughs) It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. So him getting the ball out there, being able to throw and be able to handle all that weather – that's what I'm curious about. I think he'll be able to handle that. If he's able to handle and enjoy playing in the winter weather, the kind that he played in when he was at Michigan and the kind that he played in for 20 years in Foxborough, which is funny because he's a California boy, right. then I think that he'll be able to uh, to adjust to the, the heat and humidity and what, do so quite well. 20 years in the cold? That changes you. It does. It changes you. Okay, <laughs> so the next question you got to ask yourself is, is can Tampa Bay get a running game established? I mean, well, that's, that's the question. Now, see – Yes, they can, but it depends on what type of run game they're they're going to look for. Now, this could be a bit of a, a positive or negative, depending on how you look at it. Because Bruce Arians, the head coach, yes. he believes that the new run game is the short passing game. So I if, see that. So when they do get a running back, it's going to be a running back who can catch the ball. Now, Brady's Todd used Gurley. to that. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon. Now, Brady's used to that because he had James White. That was one of his favorite receivers, the one who caught 14 balls against Atlanta in the Super Bowl. Oh, I know, yeah. So he knows how to dump it down to his running back. But still, like you said, you don't want him to have to throw 50 times a game like Jameis Winston did. So you need not only a running back who can catch the rock, you need a running back who can tote the rock as well. Right. Which is why, and I think you may have mentioned this at some point, Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin as a draft pick would be an ideal fit for this offense. So to me, that's a that's a positive because there are guys out there in the draft or even some free agents still running around who can and would love to catch passes from Tom Brady. So that's good. You mentioned this too. Top three pass-protecting offensive line, top ten overall. Yeah. Positive. Keep him upright. And I think that playing with a quarterback like Tom Brady, it will force the receivers to elevate their skill set. Um, so I think that they're going to be better versions of themselves. Here's the only problem, though, kind of on the back of that. This is my last point, is both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin ended last season on IR. Yep. So they don't get hurt a lot, but these guys do get hurt. Yep. So if they're if they're taking more slants and more short passes, like you said, yep. that means they're going to be getting hit more by linebackers. Yes. Meaning it's not secondary. to get hurt. Right. Yep. Linebackers. So that could be problematic. So hopefully Arians knows that, and he will incorporate more – of what these guys are good at and what they're comfortable with into the system as opposed to just Brady, you know, two balls out in two seconds and your receivers are getting blasted by linebackers the whole game. Yeah, the problem that's the problem with those two receivers. They're not very elusive. Mm-hmm. They can catch the ball. They're possession guys with, that can burn. Yes. So as long as you throw the ball, they're going to find a way to catch it. Sometimes you just like – sometimes there's battles you need to just go ahead and just throw the white flag in. And when it comes to catching the ball across the middle, it gets a good strong safety or a set of linebackers, mm-hmm. it's not like to throw the white flag. And that's the one thing you don't want to do. You don't want those guys going across the middle like that constantly or trying to get them on screen passes where they need to just juke out a corner and outrun them. They'll outrun the corner. I doubt they'll juke them. That's never been their game. It's never anything yeah. I've seen out of them. I've always seen them just go deep and just catch it. They can mm-hmm. catch. So I, I, that's where I'm concerned. I'm concerned that our quarterbacks aren't going to be able to throw the ball the way we need them to. And I've watched Brady deteriorate the last three years. He mm-hmm. slowly aged. Everyone talks about, well, he won the Super Bowl. Great. He won 10-3 to against the Rams, whose defense was not that good. Hmm. I mean, what's your mm-hmm. argument? Those Patriots defense is what won that game. The fact that Jared Goff, we realized, was not the starting quarterback is what lost that game for them. Right. You, you can't have your, your head coach as your starting quarterback. So, of course, Belichick recognized that and dominated that game. Brady did not do enough. He had nothing but opportunities and obviously could not score. Mm-hmm. That tells you something, mm-hmm. especially in an offense that's as prolific as theirs was. So you feel – you believe that, that Brady's limitations will be a larger factor – 
than the skill sets of their offensive position guys because yep. top to bottom in terms of the receiving core, receivers and tight ends, some of the best in the league. Oh, yeah, and then that's the thing that's going to help him. Is, and I mentioned that in the show. The, the yes. things is going to really help him the most of those tight ends. He's going to give him that safety that safety net, that blanket that he loved having when he was in New England. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that made New England struggle this year is not having Gronk or really having any tight ends. I mean, Ben Watson, as much as I like him, you, he was showing his age. And he wasn't really as effective as he used to be. And then, of course, Gronk was his best receiver, hands down. I don't care what y'all think about Edelman. His best wide receiver was Gronk. Mm-hmm. Edelman just was there. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. <laughs> so, so speaking of the Patriots then, all right, so now we have our answer. Yes, Tom Brady leaves. He goes to the Bucks. So we have to do an autopsy of his last year or two in – New England in order to figure out who is most at fault for this. So who's to blame for the Brady Belichick split the most? Is it Tom Brady himself or is it Bill Belichick? It depends on what you want to consider to blame, but I'll say this. If the Patriots wanted Tom Brady, they would have had Tom Brady. Belichick does everything in a very meticulous way. I mean, I read the rumor that he offered Brady first to the 49ers, and the 49ers said, nah, we'd rather have somebody younger. And they took Garoppolo, which honestly, if they had Tom Brady, they might have actually won the Super Bowl. They would have. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I mean, especially when your quarterback's throwing interceptions with his eyes closed. I still can't get over that video, and that's mentioned a lot by people. Uh, it's funny, Bomani likes to mention that often when he talks about Garoppolo, and he's so right. When I looked at that video, I was like, he threw an interception with his eyes closed. Oh, God. Was this a regular season game? No, the Super Bowl. The interception he threw, his yeah. eyes were First closed. Mm-hmm. I did not. I I went back and watched the film, and I was like, oh, wow. His eyes are closed. Would have helped if you had your eyes. Okay. Exactly. So I'm not to upset you. As a fan, right, you are. Right. I can't be any more upset But But the biggest piece is, is that if Belichick really wanted him or if the Patriots wanted him, they would have kept him. And that's something that would have definitely happened. So – it's to me obvious that it's more Belichick's fault because Belichick was working on a contingency plan from jump. My question I'm trying to figure out is, is who are the Patriots going to go pick up as a starting quarterback? Because Stidham is not it. Well, apparently they like Jared Stidham and they're very comfortable with Brian Hoyer, which I'm getting hit on myself on news. No, yeah. yeah. So uh, they're comfortable with those two. Who knows what they're going to do in the draft? Um, you know, a lot of people have floated out there Cam Newton as being the quarterback for Bill Belichick. I, I don't know if he – I thought would, of two people for Belichick. Is he one of them? Cam I Newton? can see Cam Newton. Okay. And I could see them really pissing people off and getting Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> no way. I that, only that would, say that, that because be that's the one quarterback besides Lamar Jackson to literally destroy his defenses. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that Belichick likes. He respects it. And if he can take that weapon away from people and figure it out himself – because mm-hmm. think about it. Lamar's OC did the exact same thing that that OC did in San Francisco with Kaepernick against Belichick. That's how he beat him. You put Kaepernick out there, you have him to to study. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's wild, I know. It is. It makes, but I love the idea of them, the Patriots, doing that on purpose. It makes football sense, but Belichick – and Robert Kraft and basically Tom Brady were all very good friends with the president who hates Colin Kaepernick. So for that reason, they would never do that and then suffer the, you know, the, be on the other end of his his childish vitriol. I could totally but see him speaking doing of it which, I think this Brady Belichick split. I think it's Robert Kraft's fault. What? Because you're the father. These are your employees in a sense. These are your, if you will, these are your children. So if they're not getting along, if there's a rift between them, then it's up to you to help to try to fix that. No. So for that reason, a big part of this falls on him. If Tommy is really your son, if you really wanted him to retire as a patriot, then you fix whatever was wrong with how Belichick was treating him in order to keep him as a member of that team, the greatest quarterback of all time. So in my opinion, it's his fault, but – that to me also kind of explains why he allowed him to walk out of the door. Because when people talk about this dynasty, this six Super Bowls, they always talk about who deserves more credit, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. They never mention Bob Kraft. So now that Brady's gone and they're having to rebuild that position, if they're able to find a way to be successful, still make the playoffs, even at some point win a championship before he steps down as the owner, before his life is over with, then he will give the credit that he probably feels like he's deserved all along as to him being the true architect of this Patriots dynasty over these last two decades. So for that reason, I think he too, like everybody else in the room, wanted to see if he could do it 
without Brady as the quarterback for that team. Well, that's the thing. The only way that he could ever actually get credit for anything that's been done by that team is he has to get rid of Bill Belichick. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. Because Belichick was hired yeah. to do everything. You got to remember, I can understand if Kraft actually had a say in personnel outside of Brady, mm-hmm. he don't. He does because he's the one who kept Tom Brady on no, no, that roster I'm saying. two to three years outside long. Outside of Brady, mm-hmm. any other player on that roster, Kraft has zero say. And that's Belichick saying, if you if you interfere, <laughs> I will quit. <laughs> and he knows that. Mm-hmm. But that's where that rift, that's where that whole rift and that whole story that came out from ESPN a couple years ago about the rift that they had in there but when, Bel- when uh, uh, Garoppolo was traded is that Belichick, Belichick's contract and relationship with Kraft was, I run football, you don't intervene. Kraft came in and said, hey, look, I don't intervene, but you can't get rid of Tom. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I don't care what you do. You can't get rid of Tom. And that was more so because Kraft, as he's getting older, he's showing his loyalty to his child, the youngest right. child, and it pissed off the older one. But guess what? The older one still found a way to get him out the paint. Okay. See, so that, that kind of makes the point even more. I stepped in to save you and keep you as a member of this Patriots team, but – if we in the public, if people like me knew that there was some sort of rift in the relationship between Belichick and Brady, between head coach and star quarterback, then he knows it better than anybody. Robert Kraft does. So then right. if there's a problem there, and that's going to interfere with not only the football, but with Tom Brady's desire to want to stay mm-hmm. a member of this team, then if you didn't step in to try to fix this, part of the responsibility falls on you of what eventually <laughs> became the breakup between Brady and Belichick. Okay, so. well, the one thing that we don't break up around here on the Half Burst Sports Show is the news. And now, Jimmy has the news. Uh, thank you, Wendy. Okay, um, so this news kind of sucks, but it happened today, actually with about 30 minutes before we started recording the show, and that is that uh, Dallas Cowboys Pro Bowl center Travis Frederick really the quarterback of that offensive line, announced his retirement today on Twitter. Uh, it came as something of a surprise to the Cowboys, but there were sources who said there were rumblings who Frederick, age 29, was going to be contemplating walking away, and he has decided to move on with his life and retire from the game of football. So with this loss, would you say that the Cowboys still have a top 10 offensive line? Yes, even though he is the architect, he did miss 2018, which was a really good year for them on the offensive line. And I understood why um, he has autoimmune disease or whatnot. I can't think of the full medical terminology behind it. But yeah. him losing him is going to be big, but I think they'll be able to replace him. They'll find somebody else. I mean, they will eventually. I don't know about this season because, again, the, the center – I mean, he has to know the quarterback intimately. He has to know the protection calls intimately. So you can say, oh, just draft one in the, you know, get one in the draft. Well, no, it doesn't work that way because there's so much he has to know. His brain has to be about as big as the quarterback's. So to find a guy who could do that at this level is going to be difficult to do. They will, but I don't think it's going to be this season. And ultimately, that will hurt them. The question is, who is their center in 18? As long as they bring him back, because that's when him and Mari Cooper went off, Mm -hmm. they'll be fine. I don't know. We'll see. What's next? All right, up next. The Washington Redskins today traded – the Carolina Panthers for a quarterback, one very familiar to the head coach of the Redskins, new coach Ron Rivera. And that is none other than second-year quarterback Kyle Allen, who was traded to the Redskins in exchange for a fifth-round pick. Um, sources say Washington had no interest in Cam Newton, which we'll get into later, but were very interested in Kyle Allen. So would you say this is a good move or a – actually, hold on, better question – is this good news or bad news for Dwayne Haskins? It's bad news, and it's mainly because Kyle Allen's his guy. Ron Revere is bringing in one of his own guys. And the only issue we got with this is that he, they've got now two bad quarterbacks. <laughs> I don't think Dwayne Haskins is terrible as everybody else does. I think he was a product of his environment. And if you and a lot of times, a lot of quarterbacks are thrown into situations where they have just a horrible environment. And goodness, Washington was toxic. I mean, all the coaching situations, the yeah. quarterback they couldn't figure out. Heck, they 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 lost their quarter one of their quarterbacks, their veteran that was supposed to teach everybody. He he's gone through like thirty surgeries, and I, I think he's starting to walk finally. So yeah. it's just, and he got like infections and yes, stuff he in died. Washington. Thank you. So to, the problem for Haskins is not him, is his environment. And I think Kyle Allen's really going to learn that the environment is not that good yet. That's a big part of it too. That's the biggest part. But I think also with Dwayne Haskins, he's got kind of a, a wide receivers mentality. I don't have time to go into it now, but I think that could be part of it too. I'm very interested to see what he does in his second season. <clears throat> Up next. Um, Sabrina Ionescu, star guard for the Oregon Ducks, 
uh, capped off an unprecedented college career by entering an exclusive club. And that was this. Today it was announced that she was voted the unanimous choice as the Associated Press Women's Basketball Player of the Year, receiving all 30 votes. Um, she's sure to be top one, top two pick in the WNBA draft. Have you watched her play before? I have. Who does her game sort of mirror in the NBA game? So I've heard Steph Curry, but I've never seen her play, so I don't know. I can see the Steph Curry. She's very shifty with her with her moves. She can put up some shots. She can drop dimes, and she she hustles. She's a hard worker. Yeah. I I can see a little bit of Curry. Yeah, I can see it. I can mm-hmm. say that. I was. I don't know if I was looking at the the right thing, but I was looking at the the draft order for next season for the WNBA, and the Dallas Wings have like five of the top ten picks. I mean, I've never seen that before in any draft. Are they that bad? Uh, they're that bad, and they did a lot of trades. They still got Skylar Diggins, or is she oh gone? yeah, still got Skylar. All right. Yep. What else we got? Lastly, we got time for one more. One more. One more. Okay, so XFL. The Carolina Panthers continue to rebuild their quarterback depth chart on Monday by making PJ Walker. The first XFL player signed to an NFL roster. Uh, he was the quarterback of, I believe, the Houston Roughnecks. Yes. Uh, and he was leading the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns, the XFL. So do you see this as basically how it's going to go every year, that the best one to two quarterbacks in the XFL are going to get brought onto an NFL roster the following season? Yep. As long as the XFL allows it, they'll all you'll start seeing that on a consistent mm-hmm. basis. Because another quarterback just got signed, too, by the Chiefs. Yes, Jordan Tayamu. Yep, Jordan Tayamu. Uh-huh. So... Good, good move. Yeah, I think it's a real good move for the XFL. XFL, is that it? It's news. And that was Jimmy with the news. Thank you, Bob. Good stuff. Right. Yeah, the XFL is doing it right by doing it, and especially because they allowed the players to go ahead and sign now. They said, you know, mm-hmm. we don't care. Yep. We don't need no education. So we you don't, don't need no <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> so something, Pink Floyd, I like that. Um. So something that uh, I saw run across the wire today, kind of commemorating uh, history, and I think this was recently. Um, in 2007, the Black Mama, Kobe Bryant himself, over a four-game stretch, averaged over 50 points, or he scored 50 points in at least four straight games. Yep. Which is, I mean, there aren't enough adjectives to describe how sick that must have been, and I've forgotten all about that. So in thinking about that, I thought to myself, okay, if Kobe scoring at least 50 and four straight, who in today's NBA game is the most capable of being able to score 50, at least 50 points in four straight games? So, Jay, who do you think that is in today's NBA game? Do you have an age restriction or is it anybody that's in the league today? Just current NBA players today. James Harden's the closest one because he's the only one that's putting up that many shots mm-hmm. nonstop, shooting constantly. Mm-hmm. And he actually was the closest. I believe that he is the first player since Kobe to actually get 50 points consecutively. And he did that, like, mm-hmm. last season. So mm-hmm. – uh, and, and then he had that big run of, like, 40 and 30 games, yeah. point games or whatnot. <laughs> he leads the league in uh, scoring today. So, yeah, the closest person to that is definitely going to be James Harden, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Who you got? He was probably my second choice. Um, I think that, like, currently if he's on a roster with Russell Westbrook, Russell, because he has to get his 20-plus shots, will probably take away from him being able to do that. But without a, a – a ball-dominant player like Russell Westbrook, as talented as he is, then I could definitely see James Harden being able to do that. But you know who I think it is? I think it's Damian Lillard. Oh, Dame Dollar? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Now, when I picked Dame Dollar, I was like, why am I picking him? Yes, I mean, he's a fantastic outside shooter. He dominates the ball. He's the point guard. C.J. McCollum, he'll defer to him. But I was like, wait a minute, why am I doing this? So I I looked it up, and then it hit me. Earlier this year, do you remember this? Over a six-game stretch, he averaged 48.8 points a game. I remember that. So I was like, that's why I chose Damian Lillard. So, yeah, yeah, he is the other guy. He's he is a, a walking bucket. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I that I hate about this season ending the way that it has is that he was, you know, last year his performance in the playoffs really made him to a star. I think he was starting to somewhat approach, but not quite yet, superstar status yep. with having the best sort of scoring season of his career. So I say it's Damian Lillard. Probably is my number one choice. Mm, not bad, not bad. Yep. Okay, interesting question. Very interesting question. Something to really think about. Hmm. Let's look up and let's see what is. Oh, oh, ha, ha, ha. Next up. Yeah. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. Ready for this. All right. So we had our initial conversations around Senior Brady. Mm-hmm. And now we need to ask ourselves the most important question of them all. Mm-hmm. What are your early predictions for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Because everybody's now saying they're going to the Super Bowl because of how many players have said they want to come and play in Tampa. Who do you believe, who do you believe their, their record's going to be? Um, I think their record is going to be 10-6. and six. You know, I've heard a lot of 12-4s, and 13-3s. Um, 
but I think it's going to be 10 and 6. I don't think this is going to be as easy of a year for the league with Tom Brady because you're going to have so many new parts because he is somewhat deteriorating, as we said. And it's just not everybody's going to be gunning for him. They're going to get everybody in this team. And this isn't a sorry division that they're in. It really has been. So I think that they're going to go 10 and 6. They are going to make the playoffs. They're going to make it as a wild card team because the Saints are still going to win that division. They'll split the season series with the Saints, but the Saints are going to go 11 and 5, 12 and 4. This is Drew Brees' swan song. Like this, again, they've had bad luck the last three seasons. They've got to do it this year. If they don't, then he's probably going to retire, let Brady break all his records, and just go off into the sunset or whatever. So I think that that's what happens. But I do think the Bucks and the Saints are going to meet again in the NFC Championship. Hmm. And the Saints are going to beat them and go to the Super Bowl to face the Ravens, beat the Ravens 26-23, and then Drew Brees is going to retire after that. Wow. But I say the Bucks win it the year after that. So in Brady's second year is when they're going to actually yes. get it done? Uh-huh. It's going to look just like Peyton Manning's year where he's not going to have an arm or a neck towards the end of the season. Uh-huh. It's going to be the defense that's yeah. going to win it. Because here's the thing, and here's why, why I picked them to lose six games. We know the offense is stacked. They're going to get a running back. The offense is going to be fine. Their front seven is good. It's better than people think. They're not easy to run on. That secondary is horrible. That is one of the worst secondaries I've ever seen in my life. So all teams are going to do is just throw the ball on them 55 times and turn it into a track meet. What well, The problem you run into that is, is that, that, like I said, that front four and those linebackers are going to put so much pressure on opposing teams. It's going to be hard to throw the ball unless you're throwing quick slants. Mm-hmm. And you throw quick slants, those linebackers will be ready for you. So that's the only difference. But I, yeah. I agree. Our secondary is not very good right now. Yeah. So my prediction on the Buccaneers is I'm saying we're going to go 11-5. and five. Okay. Uh, Carolina's a down team because Teddy's going to have to figure it out. Atlanta's done. Even with Todd Gurley? Even with Gurley. They're done. Their quarterback is the same. (laughs) They got rid of their quarterback. They might be a different story, but they got the same quarterback. Carolina's going to be down uh, one more year as they tweak things for Teddy and run CMC because they got to pay run CMC at the end of this season. If they don't pay him, they're stupid. That's probably one of the – They're going to pay him. That's the guy you got to pay. Um that too, I think he's gonna be. I'd say that oh, that 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 the Bucks go eleven and five, okay. and we get eliminated in the second round. Mm. The year afterwards, I say we go nine and seven, and we don't make the playoffs. Mm. I'm sorry, nine and eight, we don't make the playoffs. <laughs> Let me get it right. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Let me get right. Nine and eight, nine and eight. we don't make the playoffs. Do. And then at that point, that's when Tom Brady retires and we're done. I I need to see proof in the pudding with the running game before I can get excited. I mean, so, okay, so for right now, just real quick, who do you think is your NFC favorite? Mine is still the Saints. They got to do it at some point. They're still, to me, the best team in the NFC. But who do you think is going to come out of the NFC? Oh, man, the NFC's my fave in the NFC. Because honestly, it's not really that many teams to, to consider. You have the Bucks, you have the Saints, you have San Francisco, maybe Seattle. Who I see fits. Seattle. I say Seattle or or New Orleans because New Orleans defense is still good. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings, I mean, they, 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 they kept Cousins. I don't know real. what their defense is going to look like next year. It's not going to be better. Uh, Yeah. The Packers, them, I mean, them boys, whenever they, they paid everybody, the boys did. So mm. talk about what Dallas is going to do. I think <laughs> Dallas is going to do do very good this year. They actually have a good year. They'll at least make the playoffs. Yeah, they make the playoffs this time finally. Uh, and that's really about it. Okay, so all right, let's wrap this bad boy up with some of the stupidest thing, I, the stupidest thing I think I've ever seen on inter- interwebs um, this week in the middle of this pandemic. So, a gentleman by the name of Brady Papinga. You know who Brady Papinga is? I know the name. I know he's an NFL player, but I don't know anything else about him. So, Brady is from what? He played at BYU. So this makes sense of why the homerism does exist. So in a quote, this man said, and I quote, Lamar Jackson is the poor man's Taysom Hill. He's not the, he's not, it's not the other way around. That's what we have in Taysom. That's why the Saints aren't messing around. He eventually will be taken care of. Jimmy, I want to know what your thought is on that comment. I think that it's easily, and I fall in with the mass chorus of voices, that this is easily one of the most disrespectful things that anyone could say. To call a current MVP a poor man's anything, I think, is a ridiculous thing to say. And we saw how the Ravens, for the most part, did exactly what they said they were going to do, which is to uh, revolutionize their offense by shaping it around him. And that's exactly what they did on course to, like I said, uh, the playoff run and 
and all that and did well and revolutionized the game and he was an MVP. Now, at the same time, I do think that Taysom Hill is better than people think because I think part of what's going to help Taysom Hill when he eventually takes over as the heir apparent of the quarterback position in New Orleans is he's been in the system since his third or fourth year in this system. Now, granted, he hasn't thrown many passes. He hasn't had to because he's been the third-string quarterback. It's mainly been Drew Brees. Teddy B has been there. So nobody truly knows if he can pass, but I think that does he have the skill set to be able to to run the ball effectively? Yes. Can he throw the ball? We don't know how well he can. But at the same time, Lamar Jackson, he doesn't sling the ball like some of the greats in the game, but he, he can't throw the ball. He is good at it, and that matched with his run game makes him just an incredibly deadly quarterback. So I don't think that Jason Hill is garbage. I think that he's going to be a good player. He's not going to be anywhere near Lamar Jackson's um, skill set. But to say that Lamar Jackson is a poor man to anything, to me, that's, that's clickbait. Maybe he wants a job you know, you know, in podcast radio or something like that, but that just doesn't make sense to say that. So I said it was the dumbest thing I think I've ever read or heard, or seen in my life, and I stick to that. I think my biggest piece is, is that I do like Taysom Hill. I've mentioned that before, but I don't understand why you need to slander Lamar Jackson in order to talk about Taysom Hill. Like, what's the, what's the purpose? Like, like why do we need to make mention of that? Taysom Hill hasn't started a game in the NFL at all. Jimmy, how many starts does Taysom Hill have? I'll put it to you like this. If Sean Payton saw something so much into him when they were going through all the contract situations for Drew Brees, they would have went ahead and moved forward with Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback. Hey, remember when Drew Brees got hurt last season and he was out with six games? Yeah. Who was the starting quarterback? Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. So if the case was to be written for Taysom Hill, Mm -hmm. for the four years he's been there, Sean Payton would have architected an entire offense around him by now. But guess what? He can't. Taysom Hill is 100% a gadget guy. He has a decent arm, but he is nowhere near Lamar Jackson's Joshua. And you know what? The fact that he's even being considered to be the heir apparent to Drew Brees says to me that he needs to he needs to go to Lamar Jackson to be thanking him for that fact because of what Lamar Jackson has done and how it's you know, we say revolutionary but it's kind of bringing back a better version of the best running quarterbacks that we've seen right so it's almost like he's kind of helped open the door yet again for this type of quarterback which he is because he does that he <laughs> runs the ball he catches the ball he's fun to watch he really is because you never know when he's on the field Right. But isn't that, isn't that pretty ironic though that Lamar Jackson is the one opening doors for Taysom Hill? Because I think the best part about that is is is, the, is my point behind that is is Taysom Hill is the perfect example of what everyone says why they don't take a quarterback that can run. Mm-hmm. The dude's had four major injuries <laughs> in his career. I don't even know if he has cartilage in his knees. Because he's had two what two ACL tears. I think he's had a meniscus tear. He's had a back issue. Mm-hmm. He's had just about every injury you could imagine from a quarterback. And he was a monster at BYU. I remember look. I was looking at the stats from him when he played against Texas. Yeah. His sophomore year, he had like three hundred something yards rushing <laughs> against Texas. He mm-hmm. ate them alive mm-hmm. without having to pass the ball. I think he passed like one hundred and thirty yards. He was a beast in that game. And I think it was actually in Austin too. That's not the point. My point is, he didn't last that season. Mm-hmm. So, everything we say we fear when it comes to a quarterback that can run, Taysom Hill is the perfect example of it. But guess what? They don't mind it. And I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. You got me. Yeah, <laughs> you got me on that. Yeah, <laughs> you got me in a box here. All right. So, let's wrap this bad boy up, Jimmy. You've got a topic that's been on your heart. Mm-hmm. For like the last, actually, it hasn't been on your heart. You don't really care. You're just I do, being no, I do care, and I don't know exactly. I have mixed feelings about what I'm about to talk about. So, all right. So we know that it's over in Carolina for Cam Newton, and we know that it is definitely over in Tampa Bay for Jameis Winston, as both teams have moved on to different quarterbacks. So they're both out there. Jameis Winston is an unrestricted free agent. Cam Newton still has one year left on his contract with the Panthers, but he is been given permission to seek a trade permission that he said he never asked for whatever so either way they're gonna beard have, mustache yeah, bull so anyway. they're gonna have to be moving on to different teams next season so given how difficult that seems to have been the fact that james Winston hasn't signed with the team and cam newton hasn't found a trade partner for carolina suggesting 
that nobody is looking to bring them in as their starting quarterback. Is it over for Cam and Jameis as being a starter in the NFL? What do you think? Do I think it's over for them being starters? No. It Okay, correction. It shouldn't be, but it probably is. No one wants to take on those guys. I mean, as young as Jameis is, he's definitely someone to take in. He got new eyes. <laughs> like a different color and everything. Right. Shape. So that means that he's probably going to do a lot better. <laughs> he's going to do a lot better than he did. I hate you for looking at me like that. But he got new eyes, so he's probably going to uh, he's probably going to do better next year in comparison to what he did this year. So why wouldn't a team take advantage of the fact of a quarterback that's five thousand yards and thirty touchdowns without a running game? On a team that he had to throw the ball 50 times a game, I swear to you, if he only threw the ball 30 times a game on average, he wouldn't have 30 interceptions. He'd probably have about half. Most of his interceptions was because he had to keep throwing it, and then, of course, he couldn't see the dude down the field. He was kind of squeezing in the holes that didn't exist because he couldn't see because he couldn't see because he's been on that field for too long. After a while, everything just looks the same. It blends in. <laughs> and that's what it felt like with Jameis. He just blended in together. But for Cam... The year that he got the, the the last year last time we watched him play, Cam was on pace to being a favorite for the MVP. He had the stats; his numbers were ridiculous. That shoulder hit to his shoulder, ended it, and he had the foot situation after he came back, and that's kind of where his career uh, career fell off. He calmed down on his running that season, which he hurt his shoulder. He just got hit by a linebacker that came out of nowhere and blitzed. But if you put him on a team, Honestly, I think the Patriots could do great with him where he could dump it and then go deep when needed. Yeah, I could totally see it happening. I could see him working in the NFL. But I think their careers are done. Mm-hmm. I, okay, so you say they're both done as starters. The be- Yeah, the starters. James mm-hmm. is the number one backup in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He needs a backup somewhere. He'll send him to Indianapolis. Send him to Tennessee. Send him to um, – let me think of one more team that could use a guy like – hell, send him to Arizona. Kyler could use a backup mm. like him just in case. There's a lot of t- – the Chargers could use a gunslinger. Mm. There you go. You know, I, and I don't know what their asking price is. Well, Cam's is whatever the last year of his contract is. I don't know what Jameis' asking price is. But if I'm the Los Angeles Chargers, if I'm the Chicago Bears, then I'm definitely uh, – Bears aren't in. They got holes. They've got their guy. If I'm the Chicago Bears, <laughs> then I'm definitely taking a long look. Like I said, even with the Patriots, even though we know Belichick's not going to go for that. Now, with Cam, is he done as a starter? I say yes, he is, because he appears to be breaking down. We all knew that as big as and strong as he was, that eventually this was going to happen. So he's breaking yeah. down. As you mentioned, shoulder injury two years ago. Was it the ankle or the foot? Last the year, foot Liz Frank. Liz Frank. Yeah. Cost him 13 games. And I think that his, at times, diva wide receiver-like reputation or mentality kind of plays against him and you know some of his antics off the field and so forth he's 30 years old to me that's the that's one of the biggest factors because you don't restart with a 30 year old quarterback you yep. get much much younger um so you have to think about teams willing to give the keys to the kingdom to a quarterback it's not going to be cam newton hmm. james winston no i don't think he's done as a starter because he's coming off of having led the league in 5,000 passing yards. And even though I talked about this on my solo show, I forgot that he got new eyes. He can actually see now. Yep. Like a Charlie Sheen in Major League. <laughs> yeah, exactly, baby. He kept throwing behind guys. And it's like, oh, you can't see. That's the problem. Yep. Yeah. So he's got – and he's only 26. Yeah. So he's still – he's technically in his physical prime right now. And I think that in an ego sport, because these coaches, offensive coordinators, their egos oftentimes are just as big as the players. Yeah. So there's got to be a coach and an OC out there who believes if I had him in with me – with my system, able to work him out and teach him, I can turn him into the quarterback that he already should have been. So somebody is going to bite for that reason alone because of their ego into believing that they can be the ones to fix him. Let me go to the next level on that one. Okay. It's not even going to be an OC that's going to be trying to fix him. It's going to be a president of football operations that's going to think that they can bring him in mm-hmm. and make him because they remind him of themselves. And you want to know who I'm thinking would be the best, probably one location <laughs> he could end up at? A guy that reminds him of himself. He throws it really hard. He's a hard worker, uh-huh. and he can go. And 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 he's got an arm like him. 
John Elway. There you go. The ah, Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. The guy that would go after a big guy. He's the stereotypical size of a quarterback. Yes, if you he want 6'5", 240 pounds mm-hmm. of just bigness, it'd be the perfect setup. You send him, Denver could have him, gives them a quarterback, someone that Locke can be. Is it Locke? That's Drew Locke. Him? Drew Locke, yes. yeah. Drew Locke can really learn from as far as um, – just being able to throw and, and really read the playbook and be able to take over after one year, mm-hmm. it's the perfect. And to me, if you take Jameis Winston or Cam Newton, you have to be in a win-now situation. Cam Newton's not a rebuild guy, neither is uh, Jameis. But Cam is definitely a win-today guy. He's gotten healthy, which is something that Carolina's never let him do because they couldn't. He's been literally everything. He's a runner, the quarterback. He is the offensive coordinator. He's a shoe shine guy. He's also the equipment manager. He does all of it for that team. And if you put him on a team that that is ready to win today, mm-hmm. I think Cam can lead him somewhere. You know, and I like you saying talking about Denver because I think a big part of this is culture. You know, I would like to see Jameis, I mean, in both of them, to see them in, in a team that has an established culture that will eventually create winning. It doesn't mean you right. always go to the playoffs, but I think the Denver culture creates winning. And one of the things that people have talked about as far as the ideal place for Jameis is Pittsburgh. Oh, I can see that. So I think that team, that culture with that head coach, I think as a backup, if he would be back, if he, he had to be back up, that would be perfect. perfect situation for him. Because Big Ben, he's, he's going to be out apart. in a year or two. Yeah. He's falling apart. He and is. actually, Jameis can go in there at 29 and dominate. Mm-hmm. He really could, That's especially right. with Tomlin out there. Now, you know another place that uh, would be really good for Cam Newton that people would sleep on but would make this team actually prepare better for their future? What division? AFC. Uh-huh. East. AFC East. Uh, let's see. Jets have Darnold. Buffalo has Allen. Miami. Miami? Buffalo. Buffalo. Okay. Because literally, Jaheim Allen is Cam <laughs> Newton. <laughs> yeah. He's he's Cam Newton. He really is. He's Cam Newton. He's the stereotypical size at 6'5", 240. He's very wildly athletic. Very inconsistent and with his throws. First names. And he has two first names. That's what Cam does. Yeah, Matt Ryan, so. that's the reason why he's not good. He's got two first names. He's confused. <laughs> Quarterbacks with two first is. names ain't very good. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that. Okay. So so that's a that's a big one. So that's a big one. So if you put Josh Allen, you give Josh Allen the opportunity to be behind Cam Newton mm-hmm. and let them build an offense around Cam Newton and then hand those keys to to uh Josh Allen, that might actually be a, a nice step forward. Just me just playing around and right. having fun here. But out of all the teams, though, for Cam, I'd say Denver is probably the best place. I do like Jameis in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati is an unfortunate option, but they're, they're getting Joe Burrow, so they're done. Right. Uh, Joe Burrow and uh, Tua, and, and actually, Cam in Miami might be good too. Get Tua a year rest. Because Rosen's not going to get Yeah, so final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, going back to one of my favorite uh, basketball players when I was uh, younger is uh, Don Staley, who played for Virginia. Yes, yeah, Star College, yeah. Virginia, who's now an Olympian. Yeah, Olympian, uh, played in the WNBA as well. But most notably recently is the uh, head coach of South Carolina, which I think she's won a, she's won a championship. She did. Him, right? Yeah. Well, she was uh, named today as the AP. Hope I'm not making that up. Nope. Um, AP, yeah, Women's Coach of the Year. So it's almost kind of come full circle, at least for me, for having followed her career when she was a college player, WNBA player, to now being, you know, the best coach in women's college basketball. So I definitely want to shout her out. I appreciate that. Like I said, one of my favorites growing up. Probably her, Cheryl Swoops, and Lisa Leslie all time were my favorite women's college basketball players. So it's, it's great to see to see one of the three, one of the holy trinity to me when it comes to women's college basketball being an even greater coach than a player. So shout out to Don Staley. Congratulations. Congratulations, Don. I was really looking forward to seeing y'all do some things. So my final thought is this was supposed to be our post Las Vegas uh, show. You're supposed to have flown in this morning. Uh, actually, yesterday, yesterday. this is going to be our day off to kind of recoup from 
doing everything in Vegas. I actually had it off uh, on my calendar at work, but I decided to go ahead and go back to work because I just went back to work all last week because yeah. no point in burning vacation time. But, yeah, this was supposed to be post uh Post tourney, we were supposed to be talking about how Kansas has got knocked out in the second round unexpectedly, um, and we were also supposed to talk about how we put a lot of money on Michigan State, and Michigan State does what Michigan State does best every year, which is disappoint us. So, yeah, this is really weird that we're not going to be talking about it, and uh, we got to go wait another eleven months before we make our return to March Madness in Vegas. I think it'll go by fast. It will. Well, we appreciate y'all joining us as usual here on the Half a Bird Sports Show. Make sure you check us out wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to and rate us and review us and give us five stars. You think we deserve five stars? Kiss five anyway. Gifted. So for Bob, Mike, and Wendy, thank you so much for helping us get all of this bad boy stuff put together, especially quarantine. And for my co-host Jimmy, his solo show will be here at the end of the week doing what he do best, talking out the side of his neck as we make up topics for you all to help you guys stop thinking about what's actually going on in the world. Right. None, so, of, none of what we talked about today actually happened. Exactly. It's not real. So we'll make up uh, even more for you guys and we'll talk at the end of the week. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.